Do you shop on Amazon.com? Of course you do. You can now support the Midwest Podcast Network while doing so. Go to Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com and a very small percentage of your purchase will go towards making our network and its content even better. That's Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. Bookmark it today. Welcome to the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Tim. I'm Willie. And today, joining us is the official wife of the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. It's Nikki. Hello. She's been upgraded. <laughs> yeah. Or downgraded. I don't know. <laughs> One of the two. We need a little more marriage time before that's determined. <laughs> so today, this is Fight the Franchise number two on the Halloween series. We apologize, guys, for not getting one out last month, but we got married. So yeah, it was, it was a tough. hectic time. Yeah, it was crazy. So then thank you for being patient. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and there's, there's 10 <laughs> Halloween movies to watch. We thought the Leprechaun series was long. Just going to get longer. What's next? What series could we go to that would be longer than that? James Bond. Jason. Jason, and then James Bond. Friday the 13th, but we've done that already, but, but Nightmare on Elm yeah. Street is longer. Okay. So then Nightmare on Elm Street. This is not official, but if we were to... We could do every Dracula film ever made. <laughs> <laughs> We'd never leave this room. Oh my God. The, yeah, the Universal Monsters. Go. We just do all of them. <laughs> There's so many. Yeah. Ending with Dracula Untold. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, what a delight. Don't tell me with a good time. <laughs> Dracula 3000 starring yes. Coolio. Well, we should move into uh, our discussion on the first film, Halloween. came out in 1978, directed by John Carpenter, starring Donald Pleasance and Jamie Lee Curtis in one of her first uh, starring roles in a, in a motion picture. Uh, the IMDb synopsis says, On Halloween night of 1963, six-year-old Michael Myers stabbed his sister to death. After sitting in a mental hospital for 15 years, Myers escapes and returns to Haddonfield to kill. So Halloween, like this is... One of the, like, this created the slasher genre, pretty much. Yeah, no, it's, um, a lot of people credit other movies, obviously, that are a little less, uh, well-known, um, in pop culture, Black Christmas, um, Peeping Tom, and obviously Psycho, of course, um, for kind of creating this sub-genre of horror films known as the slasher genre, and they, they all contributed to that, obviously, but Halloween was so successful because, I mean, this is a budget of $300,000, they wound up making $55 million. So studios took note, and literally this movie birthed a subgenre of films. One that would basically dominate the 1980s, um, which is incredible to me that it did that. It's also kind of interesting. I feel like that happens more often in the horror genre. Things like Blair Witch and Paranormal Activity, super cheap, and then gross millions. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. I think it's one of those things where... I think we're always trying to redefine what scares us. Okay. We're always in a different place in kind of the the zeitgeist of everything and, and, and where we're at as, as a culture and where the rest of the world is at. We're always trying to define what's scary. And I think something comes out that somebody's really captured that perfect that perfect type of fear. Like uh, I think I think um, a perfect example would be um, paranormal activity, the yeah. fear of the home invasion. You yep. know what I mean? And I think that's a, that's a big fear right now for people. Uh, and and the fear of being watched and, and observed. And so anyway, I think they capture that. And I think the studios are like, well, damn, this is it. And yeah. then they milk it to the point where it's not scary anymore. And we have to move on to the next thing. But um, anyway, so 
Halloween obviously was very very successful. I don't want to harp too much on this movie because it's been talked about a thousand times. Um, everybody's talked in length about how great this film is, how important it is to American cinema. But I do want to make sure that we each get our little bit of thoughts out here and now. Um, Tim, thoughts on the original Halloween? What do I think of it? I love it. <laughs> I love it a lot. Um, uh, it's one of the, when I sat down to watch this, it's one of the movies that when I don't like movies, I go back and watch this movie. And there's like a list in my head. Um, Evil Dead 2's on there. Blade 2's on there. <laughs> and so when, when you forget about why you love them. I, yeah. <laughs> then I go, oh my God. Most recent edition, Mordecai. 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 <laughs> if you haven't seen it, it's on DVD now. Uh, and also listen to the Midwest Film Nerds podcast review of it, right? No, no, no we didn't, you didn't yeah. do it. We just saw, we saw it on our own free time. Yes. That's how good it is. You, yeah. <laughs> I think we just... <laughs> what? I, Amy and I were only there to watch the glee on Tim's face. And you know what? <laughs> It was worth it, I think. Well, it just came out on Blu-ray and DVD, so if we have an off week, we can always just review Mordecai. There yeah. you go. Yeah. yeah. There are less boner jokes in this franchise than there are in Mordecai, <laughs> which there are three. Nice. Um, so, yeah. I don't have much to say about it. I love it. I watched it when I think I was probably around 12 or 13 years old for the first time. Um, it didn't hit me how much I loved it until I started. I, I began to appreciate it more as an older. It's one of the few movies. I remember I watched this, and I think I watched The Exorcist for the first time. Um, and I watched them like back to back nights and those two are two of the movies that actually like still kind of freak me out. Like Halloween, mm. I still look over my shoulder sometimes because of the way it's shot and just the face, Michael Myers. So, um, the only other thing I would like to add is, um, if you are a fan of the series, get the Blu-ray box set because they did an incredible job on really all the movies and, um, especially the first one, there's some really interesting documentaries in there. Awesome. Uh, Nikki, you want to talk a little bit about how you feel about Halloween and your first experiences with it? Yeah, absolutely. I love it. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, I watched it for the first time with you, Willie, in high school when we used to get together. It's true. When we were just friends, get together on Halloween and, and watch horror movies together. And it was one of my favorite things to do. And this is by far, you know, holds a special place in my heart. Awesome. Beautiful. Um, <laughs> I I first saw Halloween when I was like six, I think. Dad made me watch it. It was terrifying. I couldn't trick-or-treat for a while afterwards. I mean, I didn't <laughs> want it. I, I did, but I did not want to trick-or-treat for a while afterwards because mm-hmm. I swear to God, I saw that dude on every street corner. It was terrifying. Um, and it's one that sticks with you. Um, I think, Nikki, you and I have a special story about this movie. Yeah, we do. We do. Yeah. You want to tell tell the audience? Um, this is the. <laughs> this is when you proposed to me. It is <laughs> the night he proposed. <laughs> um, <laughs> for those that don't know, there are commercials uh, for Halloween when it first coming out, and the tagline was "The night he came home," <laughs> just like that. They put the radio spots on there. Like, they're great. Oh my god, I forgot how much I love radio spots. Oh, they're my favorite. Yeah. Oh, they're so good. Uh. Yeah. I'm sorry, Nikki. Continue. <laughs> no, um, we you put in the movie one night, and we were watching it, and and right after, little Mikey Myers goes up the stairs and brutally stabs his sister to death. You got down on one knee and told me how much you loved me, and you asked me to marry you. And I felt the romance. 
<laughs> of the moment. It was very, very romantic. It was quite nice. I was like, you know, this is the time. This is the time. <laughs> We're both reaching major turning points in our lives, me and Michael Myers, and uh, this is it. No, that was, that was, it's a great memory. And uh, I did it because we watched it for the first time together. So, um, <laughs> pretty awesome. Sorry, ladies. <laughs> this one's taken. Um, now, Alex, you have a very unique perspective on this movie. Um, you have never seen this before yeah. until this point, um, which is both amazing and I, I made sure I requested to watch this movie with you because I'm like, I got to see this. For those of you who have favorite movies, which I'm sure all of you do, um, I suggest watching them for the first time with somebody who has never seen them before. And it's like watching it for the first time yourself. It's great. It's a fantastic experience. Please do it. But Alex, what did you think about Halloween? I found it very interesting to watch. I kind of like I have a different lens on it all because I've already seen a lot of these horror movies that want to be Halloween or try to be Halloween or use the techniques that Halloween kind of put into the cinematic world. And then, you know, some of those movies do well with them and other movies don't. So kind of looking back at it there, seeing the techniques of like the shots that kind of linger on a person and they move a little bit, they do some kind of pan back and forth. And when you come back to the certain spot, Michael's there and then it comes back again and he's gone. Watching those things, a lot of it, it's interesting because I feel like, oh, I've seen that before. But anybody who watched this movie in, the- in this movie in theaters may not have seen anything like that before this. And so that was kind of cool to to look at it that way. And it's just one of those things where I feel like my education on horror started in weird places or stupid places or kind of the this is schlocky and dumb and not worth really respecting or something like that. And if I kind of would have started with like, here's Halloween and and here's uh, Nightmare on Elm, like, and go through like the classics, the things right. that really like Friday the Thirteenth, then I would have had more respect for horror as a genre. But as of late, it's kind of just like I've never seen Halloween because I'm just kind of like, Ugh, I don't know how much I care about horror movies. But I think this is a great film. Like, yeah, it definitely deserves the praise and the status that it has. And it's it's uh, it was interesting. It was fun to watch. That's very cool. I I enjoyed watching it with you because there I noticed some things that I've never noticed before. I legitimately yeah. noticed I noticed a cat picture, like a cat poster on a yeah. wall. I was like, where did that come from? That was never in the movie before. And I'm like, no, it's been there the whole time. Yeah. Um, this isn't a George Lucas thing where they were adding stuff in afterwards. Um, no, I it was really it was a lot of fun, and um, I'm I'm happy to see that you kind of that you take something took something away from it. It seems like you're a Loomis fan too. Loomis is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Loomis yeah. is really cool. Mm-hmm. It's. He's such an interesting character, and it's kind of like there's a lot of interesting questions as to like, like I think I asked you, I was like, why wouldn't people just listen to this guy? He's a doctor. He knows what's going on with his patient. And then Willie's kind of like, well, you got to understand this dude killed one person and then stopped talking. Who's really going to see him as like a huge threat, especially when he's been like out of society for 15 years. It's kind of like and a, Loomis comes off as, as a quack, exactly. he, you know, the way yeah. he talks and he, he gets to that kind of that spiritual supernatural stuff, which is some of the best dialogue ever. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I love some of Loomis's monologues. Yeah, they're a little hammy, but they're amazing. And Donald Pleasance totally makes it work. Absolutely. So like, you can see why people would be and I oh. would be skeptical of this guy, you yeah. know? And I think part of the part of my favorite, one of my favorite parts of the movie is the idea that because these people are in in the suburbs, they would rather just pretend like nothing bad's going to happen ever, <laughs> yeah. and like there's no way any sort of evil can come to this. We live in this perfect existence, and mm-hmm. here comes Michael Myers to just kind of throw everything 
out of that. A real wrench in the works, right? (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, it kind of, I mean, you can tell they just want to sweep everything under the rug, but it all comes back. And that's one of my, that's why I love the movie so much. So. Absolutely. Um, There's a few things we're going to go through with each movie. I want to make sure we go through these. Our favorite kill, of course. Our favorite Loomis quote, if it's applicable. Um, Or if you don't have a favorite Loomis quote, you can pick another quote from the movie. That's okay. Um, And a mask rating, because Michael Myers' mask weirdly changes throughout this series. (laughs) It's not like Jason's mask, where it pretty much stays the same. Um, It changes a lot. And uh, so we're going to give a one through five star rating of the Myers mask in that given film. Um, Alex, let's start with you. Uh, you know what? I think like mask rating, I mean, it's a five. It's the original. I mean, it's perfect. The one shot of just kind of her freaking out towards the end of the movie in the hallway. And you just see his mask start to like glow. After she discovers the, the bodies, right? Yeah. It's, that's really interesting. Like it, that, I think that's awesome. And that alone makes me think like, you know, like that feature of the mask in this particular film. It's awesome. Very cool. But, uh, do you have, a, do you have a, fa- a favorite Loomis quote by chance, or? I mean, I just I'll, I'll just say that I really enjoy the fact that Loomis is just this like creepy man standing behind the bushes, <laughs> near, like, <laughs> Michael Myers' house, scaring children, <laughs> yeah. scaring, scaring children away to in a flasher them. coat. Yeah, yeah. It's like it just that's my favorite Loomis quote. Is the that the way he that. pronounces "ass" during that quote. Too. Get, Get your ass away from there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's really good. Uh, what about I kill, Alex? I think the one the the the, the blonde girl in the bed when, okay. when he when he's like. Because Michael Myers decides to be like, oh, if I put a sheet over her, she'll think that I'm her boyfriend. I'm going to toy with her. Yeah. Yeah. Like that to me is like the most disturbing and like the, why would he like, you know, like that to me, the whole idea around that. It's just like, why would he, why would he think to do these things? Why is he toying with it? It's almost proof that he's thinking, which is kind of creepy. Like it's like, okay, he's thought this out. Like there's something going on in there. It's not just kill, kill, kill. Yeah. Okay, cool. I like that. But even just kind of the reveal of all the bodies when she, when, when Jamie Lee Curtis's character does show up, that tableau that he's kind of set up is also terrifying. So it's, you know, absolutely. Uh, Tim, Let's go through them, man. What do we do? A mask rating? Do them, give them. Give them all to me right now. Oh, yeah. This is a five. Mask rating is a five because on top of just being a really well-done mask, it's a William Shatner mask from yes. Star Trek that he found and sanded off all the features, basically. <laughs> so it's just a blank slate of William Shatner. It's a, they showed a picture, I think, of the William Shatner mask in one of the documentary. It looks nothing like him. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, already scary to begin with. Yes. Um, Loomis quote. I really like when... Loomis says, death has come to your little town. And part of that is because I used to have on a mix CD, the Halloween theme and a techno beat in the background. <laughs> and they put that quote in there like four or five times. And it was just, death has come to your little town. <laughs> oh God, I got to find that. <laughs> I'll have to install Morpheus. I was going to go. say, yeah, get Morpheus or LimeWire or BearShare. Uh, my favorite kill, and I just changed my mind while we were thinking, is when he kills the dog in the house because there's kind of a thing in horror movies where in Carpenter revisits it in the thing where like the dog, because they have some sort of sixth sense is kind of like the, yeah they, they sense evil. The smartest one. They're the warning sign for everybody else. And Michael kills it and eats it at one point, or it's implied that he eats mm-hmm. it, but it could have been a skunk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? He does eat a dog in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. So that's when you're like, Oh man, like this guy, like, he knows the warning signs. He's going to kill a dog. He's going to eat it because he's hardcore. 
Yep. And he's hungry. <laughs> yep. Guys got to eat. Um, Nikki. Mask rating five. Leave it at that. Um, my favorite kill is, well, obviously him killing his sister because it holds special meaning. But one of the creepiest parts in, in the whole movie is when the girl is trying to get into her car and it's locked, goes back into the house and then comes back and and opens up the door and it's magically unlocked and she stops for a second but it's like no bitch run the other way (laughs) there's all that steam there's all that steam from him breathing and it's just it's so terrifying it's it yeah i i would hate to i would have ran the other way but um my favorite loomis quote is I met him 15 years ago. I was told there was nothing left, no reason, no conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of life or death, of good or evil, right or wrong. I met this six-year-old child with his blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I spent eight years trying to reach him and then the other seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. Awesome quote. Yeah. Also my favorite quote, especially the blackest eyes, devil's eyes part that always gets me. I'm like, holy shit. And the <laughs> thing is, you never see his eyes in this movie. It works so well, and I think that's something that the later movies don't do well, but we'll get into that. Um, Mask is, has to get a five. It's obvious. It's the original. It's set the standard. It's incredible. It will never be lep- replicated 100% because it was just so happenstance that this worked out the way it did. Um, and then I have to go, I have to go, uh, for the kill, Bob, uh, the boyfriend of Linda getting knifed into the wall there. It's yeah. not even the act itself. It's the aftermath and the way he kind of tilts his head, almost like a dog or an animal looking at something he's curious about. It's horrific. And, uh, you know, that guy's still dying. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, you know that there's, and, and it's just the way he's looking at him. It just, it's so creepy and really, really just unnerving. So that's my favorite in terms of that that film. Um, real fast, just an afterthought, and I don't know why, is that we had the pure pleasure of meeting one of the original Michael Myers. Yeah, yeah. Tony Moran, Tony Moran yep. at a comic book convention, and he was. It was one of the highlights of my life because I loved the movie so much, and he was. You know, it might ruin things for people. He is the least scary person (laughs) ever and the (laughs) absolute nicest guy. And I will forever remember meeting him. He was fantastic. If you ever get a chance at a comic book convention, meet him. Or Nick Castle, the other Michael Myers. Either one would be great. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, he was just amazing. Awesome. All right. I think that about does it for Halloween uh, Halloween 1. Alex, what do we got next, man? What's the next movie in this series? Is it called Halloween 2? It is Halloween 2, with Roman numerals, by the way. Ooh, very classy. It came out in 1981, um, also starring Jamie Lee Curtis and Donald Pleasance. And this is Donald Donald Pleasance, I said it right. Uh, The director is Rick Rosenthal of uh, Halloween 2 fame, basically. What else has he done? He's done a later Halloween film. Don't worry, we'll be getting to that. Halloween Resurrection. Uh, So we'll get to that. But... (laughs) The IMDb synopsis says, while Sheriff Brackett and Dr. Loomis hunt for Michael Myers, a traumatized Lori is rushed to the hospital, and the serial killer is not far behind her. Yes, uh, Halloween 2 is interesting because I mentioned this on our review of the Friday the 13th franchise, but this is kind of a response to the slasher craze that the original created. Um, we get a little more blood and guts and stuff, which is interesting yeah. in this one. Um, 
basically, the movie takes place in a hospital for the most part. Um, Laurie's been admitted there, and she um, she's chased around by Michael Myers. Um, it, it's 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 a very it almost feels a little by the numbers in the, this time around for me. Um, we get a lot more of the slasher tropes that we learned to discover as the 80s went on. Um, it's a lot more... We don't get a lot of character development in this one. And that might be the thing that bugs me about this movie. Now, in terms of the Halloween sequels, this is one of my favorites. I will say that. I love that it takes place on the same night. I think it's great. I think it's smart. Um, and anyway, so basically, he's, she's being chased around the hospital. And there's a fantastic showdown at the end between Dr. Loomis and Michael Myers and Laurie, caught in the middle. And, uh, and that's, that's... Tim, what, do you, what are your thoughts on, on Halloween 2? I used to really, really like this movie, um, and mainly because it was one of the few I had seen that had picked up immediately where the last one left off, and that that novelty really stuck with me, and I think I was like, oh my god, it's like one big epic. It fits right in. I watched this again, and I wasn't as crazy about it. I think it drags a lot, um, and I also just, I like some of the side characters, but it it's too close to the original and I think connecting it to the original actually hurts it for me um, plot wise. Uh, I agree. Yeah. And I, I think as I've, as I've gotten older and I've come to appreciate the original more um, that the connection actually has actually hurt this one um, because the whole time you're thinking like, Oh, this is kind of, this was done cooler. Like this was done better. Um, I do like, I think the kills are amped up. Um, uh, there are, there are a couple nice ones in this. The one skeezy character that watches he watches workout tapes, doesn't he? No, you're thinking of uh, Friday the Thirteenth. I think. Okay, I think. <laughs> or maybe there's there's no. two paramedics that watch. Yeah, I think one of the paramedics in this does, doesn't he? Yeah, you're right. Yep, you're right. <laughs> there are two paramedics in the slasher series that watch workout tapes and get turned on by them. It's very strange. Yeah, is that a thing? I maybe in the early '80s. <laughs> it, it's horrific. <laughs> it really is. I mean, they, uh, there wasn't as much access to pornography. I think like movement pornography. So. <laughs> I think it was more magazines at that point. Um, we're going off track here. I'm going off track here. Um, I really like the ending. I think the ending is a lot of fun. The showdown and the, there were explosions in this one, which I think is funnier. Um, I wonder how much did the budget go up? I'm not sure about budget. I, I, I'm sure it's a considerable mm-hmm. amount. I, I mean, mean, when you're dealing with $300,000, mm-hmm. this was in the millions, I'm sure. Yeah. I, yeah, I, there's I don't an explosion? That. Yeah, they I mean, actually had some pyro in this film. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to say real quick, I want to mention this. This movie, it's weird because I feel like this movie gets credit for a few things. Like the credit's placed on the first movie. And I feel like people forget that it came from the sequel because these two movies take place during the same night and they do an okay job of maintaining that. The mask looks a little different. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is wearing a wig, you can tell. She, that's not her hair. Um, you know, there's certain things where, where they, I mean, they did the best they could. Yeah. But um, the, the Mr. Sandman song t- gets a lot of credit for the first film and it, it, it was this film. Um, the image of Michael Myers with the blood down his eyes is something that gets a lot of credit for the first film and it's not. And then the... Um, the the big revelation, of course, which we should definitely talk about. Um, the big revelation that, in fact, Laurie Strode is... Michael's Michael. sister. Yes. And that's one of the plot points that hurts it for me. I think it's scarier that he, in the original, is just randomly killing people. And I think there's a lot of people that agree with you. Yeah. It's one of those things that's really interesting to me because when you look back on Halloween 2, it's pretty fondly remembered. I think in terms of horror movie sequels, it's people don't don't rag on it too much. 
But um, back in the day when this movie came out, a lot of people didn't like that for that very reason. So it's interesting. Um, Nikki, what did you what did you think about Halloween too? You haven't watched it in a while. Um, it has been a long time. I honestly, because it was so long ago in the movie watching experience, um, <laughs> I don't remember a ton about it. Um, I do like that it takes place the same night um, directly after. Now, question: Was it raining when they get to the hospital? Because I know it rains a lot yeah, it, on Halloween. It does rain in this movie. Okay, because it wasn't raining in the original. But I, I mean, it, it it rains a lot. <laughs> and and like in I this franchise in, in this franchise, like I mean, living in the Midwest, it does not rain that much on Halloween. It's usually just cold or snowy. True. It doesn't true. rain a whole lot. It's not that warm uh, at <laughs> Halloween. But. Um, we're a little north of Illinois, though, yeah. so yeah. maybe you get a little bit of that rain. Maybe. maybe. And, and Haddonfield, as we will get into later on in the series, has some very strange geography because in certain movies you can see mountains in the background, like big <laughs> rocky mountains. And, and palm trees. And palm trees, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, we're, so we're not quite sure what Bermuda Triangle Haddonfield has slipped into in Illinois. but Well, and then one thing that I just don't understand is that, that I, I liked... I I very much like the fact that he is killing his um he he's his sole mission is to kill um his family members but you are killing a whole lot of people for no reason that like you know you you he, like Mikey Mikey went out of his way to go and like kill a bunch of people I feel like you could have just I like agree. shoved them aside then right. that was your sole purpose so I think that's and we'll get to it later, is one thing that I appreciate about um, a Rob Zombie, is uh, Rob Zombie's interpretation of Michael versus, you know, whoever the creator of this one was. I don't know if it's necessarily... Carpenter had a hand in writing. He, hand, he, wrote, okay. he wrote the script. Yeah. 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 I, I think it but makes much more sense. It's... This was a cash grab for a carpenter, if I recall. This was... He actually... He's, he, he had said he had writ, wrote this over the course of, I think... Uh, three days, mm-hmm. and um, he drank a lot of beer while he was writing. Yeah, then this is this is part of the reason I like John Carpenter because he he drinks and he writes and but he really likes money too. Yeah, like, oh, he yeah, loves absolutely. money. He's not afraid to make a sequel <laughs> if it if it means some money for him. Um, he needs to afford those Lakers tickets. So <laughs> video games. Um, I do want to say something real quick about this movie too. It's it's it in terms of the randomness, Nikki, of the of the violence. It doesn't feel focused in this one. And now, now given given the original, they're not brother and sister. But now if we move forward in continu- continuity, they were. So the goal was to get to his sister. Let's just go back and say that in the first one, that's why he was so fixated on Lori. It makes sense to take out her friends and the people around her so that no one can call for help when he does go for her last. Okay. He kind of has this tribute to her on that bed with the, you know. And, and, and so that makes sense. This one, he just kind of kills people. He's just like, ah, this guy, I'll kill him. You know, he kills a lot of people in the hospital around her that could be helpful, but he kills a lot of randoms too. And that, that it, it's a bit off-putting. In terms I mean, of, I don't mind him killing a lot of people, but... Give me a reason for it? But yeah, if that, and then don't give me a reason and then contradict it later on yeah. sort of thing. So, right. I mean, whatever, I'll suspend my disbelief. Of course, so. yeah. And you kind of have to a little bit with these. Um, any other thoughts, Nikki, that you wanted to get to? Okay. I mean, just the 
both from kills. Awesome. Let's, let's get to the good stuff. Um, <laughs> real quick, I just want to say this this one this one's still pretty enjoyable for me. It, I agree with Tim. It does kind of bog down during the middle of the movie. I get a little bored with it. The hospital setting isn't utilized quite as well as it could have been. I feel like more could have been done, and maybe it was a budgetary constraint. But they're very limited in terms of what they can do at the hospital. Um, and but I will say the finale is really worth it. It's a fantastic mm-hmm. finale in the exact opposite way that the first one has a fantastic finale. The first finale is so open-ended and so leaving you wanting more and, 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 and leaving you on the edge of your seat like, where is this guy? This one's like, okay, it's done. It's over. Um, which it wasn't, of course. But um, anyway, so let's get into our, 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 our talking points here for this one, our favorite kill and whatnot. Uh, Tim. Okay. Um, Loomis is a maniac in this one. Loomis, I mean, he's... No, he's kind of a dick in this one to the sheriff for most of it. So my favorite Loomis quote in this is, he goes, what do you guys usually do? Fire a warning shot, right? And then he shoots out a window, like a car window, if I'm correct. And like, he's driving, he he's riding along in the car and like, like no regard for the gentleman next to him. <laughs> so who I believe is the sheriff, who is a dick to the whole movie. Um, <laughs> favorite kill is it's the hot tub kill. Um, it's, it's the most slashery kill, I think. Old Nurse Karen in the first two movies. Oh. Yeah, yeah. He holds her head in the hot tub and melts it. Basically, yeah. He basically turns up the heat on yeah. the hot tub to the point where it's like scalding. It's a Jason kill. It is a Jason kill. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mask. I'm gonna go mask. This one's weird because the story that I've found is that it's the same mask as the first one, but they left it in like a storage where it kind of like. It was it Nick got, Castle's trunk, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> it was like disfigured and stuff, so it doesn't look anything like the first one, really. So I'll go four, but I like that. Uh, Nikki, favorite quotes, kills? Um, my favorite kill was the guy who slips and falls on the blood mm-hmm. and then just dies. It has nothing to do with Michael Myers. He walks into the room, sees a woman <laughs> who's been killed by Michael Myers, and then slips and falls it's weird. I think on the uh, there they put the TV version on the Blu-rays because the TV version is actually longer. Really, they had to fill more time. Interesting. Um, to like reach two hours, I believe is the idea. And I think he even says in one of the documentaries, like he he gets killed at a later point. Oh, okay, really? Yeah. So, okay. But, they, but they cut it out of the original cut, so it's just basically like he slips and falls, and then nothing yeah. happens. <laughs> Yeah, you 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 see him again once, and he, I remember he, he's sitting next to a car in a car next to Lori, and then he just kind of dies. <laughs> like, so he wandered out to this car after he bumped his head, and now he just it, it makes no sense. Yes. Anyway, Nikki, go ahead. Um. Well, the mask, I guess, would just be four. We'll just leave it at that. Although that I've tested the theory of putting a VHS in my car because it was going to melt, and. It did not. So, I mean, just a mask. How long was it in your... How long did you disregard, like, a Well, they made, piece... this, they made this three years later, so... Was it really in his trunk for that long? Like, number one, you're a slob. Number two, that's how you treat, like, your work? Like, I'd be proud of that. I'd display that. And I don't I don't know. I, I guess I don't understand how it got that messed up in a trunk. I think that's where it was. Let's not get too angry uh, yeah, in the castle. Not, I could, we I could be wrong, but... Um, my favorite quote is, um, I, I found it today, and then I finally pieced it together with one of the later movies, is that they go to the school where Michael Myers escapes, and um, 
Loomis goes, did you see the blackboard back there in the elementary school? And whoever's with is like, yeah. And he said, in order to appease the gods, the druid priests held fire rituals. Prisoners of war, criminals, the insane animals were burned alive in baskets. By observing the way they died, the druids believed that they could see omens of the future. 2,000 years later, we've come no further. Samhain isn't evil spirits. It isn't goblins, ghosts, or witches. It's the unconscious mind. We're all afraid of the darkness inside of ourselves. And I just liked that because while I was trying to find a favorite quote, I was like, no way. They totally use that later on in the series. And I, because it seems out of the blue, but then, you know, even just the small hint of it, um, beforehand i thought that was really cool yeah they, they really take that little moment in in number two and and, and branch off into it and, and we're getting into that soon um but I, I do think it's interesting that michael myers writes sam hain on the on the chalkboard in the school because it's like what why like what is he thinking what's the reasoning and that's the beauty of it is that you don't know there's no reason to think about it i mean sam hain is the halloween celebration and everything but you know you're like why did he do that it's really creepy um Let's see. My favorite kill would actually... Oh, man. It's tough. I'm going to go... You know what? I'm going to go a little different here. I was going to go with Karen in the hot tub, but I'm going to go with uh, with Ben Tramer, which I love because in the first film, they keep mentioning that Ben Tramer is this guy that's going to... You know, uh, Lori's interested in and, you know, her friend Annie calls him and, and says that she wants to go to the dance with him and all this stuff. And he's a throwaway thing. And then they see... Um, what they think is Michael Myers, somebody in a very similar mask, and he's killed in the ensuing chase, crushed by a couple cars, and you find out later during the autopsy that it's Ben Tramer. And I was like, that's cool. They said earlier in the first movie he was out drinking with his friends, so it makes sense that he'd run from the cops if he was underage. And I, I like that. I like that. Um, mask is going to be a four for me as well. Um, and my favorite Loomis quote has to be, it's time, Michael, before the big finale, before yeah. the, big, the big ending. So that's... Uh, that's that's all I got for that one. All right. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, came out one year later in 1982. Uh, this one stars Tom Atkins and uh, director is Tommy Lee Wallace. The IMDb synopsis says, A large Halloween mask-making company has plans to kill millions of American children's, children's, children with something sinister hidden in Halloween masks. What the hell? Oh, yeah. So now we're talking. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Now, at this point, this is the last movie that Carpenter will, Carpenter will be involved in more than just a writing or music credit. Um, he basically wanted to turn the Halloween franchise into a seasonal, yearly franchise that a different creepy story would be told every year. So Halloween 4 would come out and it'd be about werewolves or Halloween okay. 5 would come out, blah, 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 whatever. Um, so this is completely different. There's no Michael Myers um, there's no references to the original. It's, it's just Halloween three. Um, basically it, it revolves around a doctor who is trying to solve kind of a murder, murder, suicide, uh, situation. Um, he starts, <laughs> in, he starts investigating and he finds out that there's robots involved. There's druid cults involved. There's a mask maker involved. It's all tied together. He has sex with a much younger woman in a hotel room. <laughs> and um, at, the, at the end, he... Well, we don't know what happens. They leave it very open in very Carpenter-esque fashion. They leave it open to wonder what is the next thing that happens here. Um, Tim, mm -hmm. how'd you feel about Halloween 3? 
This has grown into my second favorite Halloween movie. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I love it so much. It's just... Here's some background on this a little more. Um, Carpenter had always been a big fan of... There's an old science fiction, British science fiction um, series called The Quarter Mass. And Nigel Neal, who was the author, wrote that. He'd always wanted to work with him. And so he finally got the chance to work with him on this screenplay. And... What what happened basically was um, Nigel Neal started to hate everybody later on in life, and it shines <laughs> through completely in this movie because it's it is a mean, nasty movie. Uh, kids are kids' heads are melting, snakes are coming out of their heads as they melt. It's condescending towards everybody <laughs> in America. Um, Tom Atkins in this movie. Oh my! He plays like a Lothario, and there's a sex scene. Willie, there's a sex scene in this, and it's kind of raunchy and weird and gross because you don't want to see Tom Atkins do these things. Like he's kind of a cool uncle. Yeah, Tom Atkins like like it's like yeah, watching an older family member like and he's like sucking on a nipple at one point. If yeah. I recall, yeah. and you're like, stop this! This is uncalled for. Um, I really wish I would have seen this. In theaters, just to watch everybody's reaction. They probably weren't happy. No, no. <laughs> Thinking that they're going to see a Halloween movie, and <laughs> I. But part of the reason, because it was his original idea after one to do this, I think, or to have the some sort of. He wanted to do the 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 um, anthology format from the from the get go. Mm-hmm. So two was kind of yeah, him coming back to the studio for money, yep. and this was kind of. And I love. I actually love this idea. I love the idea of a different Halloween movie, but it's great. I totally understand why it didn't work. And this movie really is crazy because the plot of this movie is they're killing kids that have masks. They buy there's only three Halloween masks in the world. There's a pumpkin, a witch, and a skeleton. Yes, and like that's it. And these kids love them, and they can't stop buying them. And they have a piece of I mean they have a computer chip that reacts to a piece of Stonehenge. Yeah, so <laughs> so. The Druid cult. Alex, that, you've got to see this one. Yeah. The, the Druid cult, led by uh, Cochran, Connell Cochran. Yes. Uh, they at the mask making company. They have a chunk of Stonehenge in their in their factory, mm-hmm. and I believe there's a little tiny piece of that chunk of Stonehenge in each chip that they've chipped off of the Stonehenge block, and that way, when the commercial goes off at midnight or ten or whenever, there's a big commercial that's going to go off, and all the kids, they've been advertising it for weeks, they, you know, six more days till Halloween, yeah. Halloween. All the song in To this. get the kids hyped, it's right? great. <laughs> and so they're all going to watch these, this, this commercial, which, why? Why wouldn't they be out trick-or-treating? It doesn't matter. So they're all going to watch this, this thing, and then it's going to activate the chip in the mask and kill the kids. It's like a sacrifice to some sort of druid or witch thing. I don't know. It makes no sense. But that's the movie. That's the that's the plot. And yeah. the only man who can stop them is Doctor Tom Atkins. <laughs> <laughs> who in this movie? Here's how great his character is. And we're, he's our main character, and this is how just kind of nasty this movie is. He talks to his wife, or I believe it's his ex-wife at the time, and she's like, "You've got to be home with the kids right now." He's on the phone with her, and he's like, "All right." And then he immediately hangs up the phone, goes and buys a six pack, and drives to go have sex with the woman that he has sex a different woman. <laughs> oh, jeez! This is our hero. This is the hero <laughs> of the piece. <laughs> At no point are we supposed to question this. I don't believe. Like we're just supposed to roll with it. So, I never did. He's Not man's man. <laughs> Does anybody have any indicate? Like, have you guys watched any of the trailers for the movie? No. The trailers are very. 
it, watching it back, like knowing what you know, it's hard. But the trailers are a little. See, you could you could think like if you're watching a trailer that Michael is controlled by this cult. Okay. And it's kind of how they yeah. cut it. And smart. Yep. And it's funny because later on he would be controlled by a cult. And so <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so it's not that crazy that this could be somehow connected to that cult. But um, so yeah. the, the way uh, they cut the trailers are very interesting. I was just wondering, like, how, how did they not tip their hand that it wasn't a Michael Myers Halloween movie? Like, it's just interesting to me that they kind of maybe they needed to do a head fake to get people into the audience and that. Like, cause I like this totally blows my mind. I had no idea that Halloween three, other than Willie kind of said that Carpenter wanted it to be more of an anthology series. But like even before that, I wouldn't know that Michael Myers doesn't appear in one of the Halloween movies. That's like a great bar trivia thing to know. Mm-hmm. Bro. So yeah, <laughs> he actually does appear in the movie. It's there's oh. a clip of Halloween one being played on at TV. the bar. Yeah, yeah, briefly. And then uh-huh. it's a clip of the of the film. Yeah. And Tom so, Atkins goes, turn this crap off. Put the game on. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Atkins does not approve. Apparently not. Um, Interesting. Yeah, it's very strange. Um, Nikki, thoughts on Halloween 3? Well, I like the concept of Halloween 3. I think it would be better if it wasn't a Halloween movie. I mean, just even redirecting the name Halloween Night or something like that. I think it's Or just w- Season of the Witch. Or Season of the Witch, <laughs> yeah. And, uh... But they did that later. Okay, <laughs> but like just anything, like the concept of it is really cool. You know, just somebody taking over and and taking advantage of children and you know whatever. And um, I just one thing though is it, it is a bit out there and it's a bit ridiculous. So Tim, I don't understand how this is your now second favorite Halloween movie yet. You shat upon Leprechaun in Space as much as you did because they're on par with ridiculousness. They really are. Yeah, but I w- <laughs> Leprechaun in Space is I like I just can't pay attention to it. Like, I'm so not engaged. This one to me is so mean and just crazy to me that <laughs> like this exists that it like from the beginning I'm like okay like I'm I'm okay. On board so you with didn't this. you didn't like it because you had fun with it. You just liked it because of the mean nature of it. Yeah, basically. Okay, okay. Well, no, and okay. I had fun with it because it was so mean. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, also, my other thought about this movie that really doesn't have anything to do with the movie <laughs> is that Willie introduced me to Tom Adkins. We watched Halloween 3 and Creep Show about a week before we went to Minneapolis. And it just so happened that we were walking around the Mall of America. And <laughs> I was in the corner trying to blow my nose so nobody could see, like, see me blowing my nose. And I didn't just hear Willie stopping somebody to talk to him. And I was like, who the hell does Willie know in Minneapolis? And it just so happened that he ran into Tom Adkins, recognized him randomly in the mall and stopped to talk to him. That's not weird. It's Tom Atkins. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's not Brad Pitt. <laughs> oh, to me it is. I, I, I just... I honestly let Brad Pitt walk past. Me. I just <laughs> I watched two movies with the man, and I never would have been able to pick him up out of a, a lineup. Like he didn't make the same impression that he did on you. He's, he's left a very important impression on me. If anybody is a it, what would like to see some of Tom Atkins' finest work, please check out Night of the Creeps. It's fantastic. 
Um, I was really excited to meet him, and he was really nice, like really, really nice, and just he like was. wanted to chat for a minute and stuff. So he was probably just really excited that somebody recognized. Well, him, he was in know? town for a convention, so he thought well, I was there for a convention that, at first, yeah, and true. I said no, I'm not. And I think that was when he was like, "Oh, that's cool." Like, like it, wow, <laughs> it's somebody who's not here to see me that recognizes me. So he was very nice, Tom Atkins. If you're listening, cool. you're a wonderful man. Keep it up. Um, <laughs> I remember you put the picture in the group text and we were like, that's sweet. Who is that? Yeah, yeah. Well, he's one of those guys that once you mention a few of the movies, you go, totally. okay, yep, yeah. yep. He's, he's that guy. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's, he's quite the Lothario, as Tim said. <laughs> um, let's get into well, We don't have Loomis quotes. Loomis is not in this movie. And we don't have masks. Well, we have masks. All right, guys. What's your favorite mask then? Pumpkin. For sure. Pumpkin. Yep. <laughs> Pumpkin, yeah. No, no question. Um, all right, but we can mention our favorite killers. Plenty of people that die in this movie in horrible ways. Tim, favorite kill? <laughs> the, this is an, the kid who's sitting in front of the TV. They put him, they lock him away in a chamber, and he's wearing the pumpkin mask at the Death time. Death by pumpkin head. Yes, and it squishes his head, and it melts, and then snakes and, like, spiders, like, and bugs come out of his head. It's horrifying. What? It's, in it's, front of his parents. In front of his parents. It's insane. And so, it's all while the uh, happy, happy Halloween song <laughs> plays in the background. It's so disturbing. So, like, the Stonehenge magic computer chip can, like, melt. The, like, what is it? The, it it transmits through the commercial some sort of computer chip and, like, reaches a computer chip in the back of the mask. It but, melts their heads and turns it into bugs and snakes. Like every time, or is it just that one time? Like, we only see it once. So. Yeah, because okay. that kind of is the threat to all the kids in the world at okay. the end because they're going to transmit the commercial. Okay. And then the snakes attack the parents. Okay. <laughs> that was also my favorite kill. It's amazing. And it's a, kind of a double kill because then it kills his father slowly and painfully by the snakes and bugs attacking him after. So it's... <laughs> it, and the mom dies of like a heart attack or something. <laughs> It was fantastic. As would I. Which is the most believable death. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Cochran, our Veline, because he's zapped by Stonehenge and blown into smithereens, <laughs> which is the dumbest thing that ever happened. Alex, as somebody who's only seen Halloween 1, can you imagine that only two movies later, Stonehenge is zapping old men? I mean, seriously, where that's, did we go? That's some escalation right what? there. What? Anyway, so that's my favorite because it's so stupid. Um, <laughs> all right, that's it for Halloween 3, guys. <laughs> Happy Halloween, Silver Shamrock. All right, so now we've got Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers. This came out in 1988, so five years later. Looks like it took him five years to be like, hey, John, that's not working for us. <laughs> we've got to go back to Michael Myers. Uh, IMDb says Donald Pleasance, of course, returns as Dr. Loomis in this one. We've got Ellie Cornell and some other people as well in the film. Uh, the director is Dwight H. Little, and uh, the IMDb synopsis says... Ten years after his original massacre, the invalid Michael Myers awakens and returns to Haddonfield to kill his seven-year-old niece on Halloween. Can Dr. Loomis stop him? No one can stop him. <laughs> um, yeah, so this takes place ten years later, despite being filmed five years later um, than the previous film. It's it's interesting because this one, uh, Carpenter by now is, is gone. He's not doesn't want anything to do with these movies. Halloween 3 did not do well for him. And I think he would move on to bigger and better things. Um, this one was direct-to-video. The first direct-to-video out of the next... The next two would be direct-to-video films. Um, and this one kind of... It's it's almost like the Jason Lives of the franchise. It's kind of the glorious return of Michael Myers to the screen. It's been a while since we've seen him. Um, they kind of catch you up in terms of where he's been, which is in a basement of, a, of an asylum attached to breathing tubes and stuff. But he hears the news that he has a niece... 
And this is where we really get into the, the idea that he's trying to kill his own family members, which is something that we carry on down the road. Because as soon as he hears he has a niece, while well, he's being carted off to another hospital, transferred, he wakes up. He's like, I got to kill this bitch. Like, she's done. Now, you might be wondering what happened to Lori. Lori has died. She has passed away in a car accident. Um, we hear that. I don't remember how, but we hear this at some point. And so her daughter, Jamie, is now our lead character. Um, Nikki, how did you feel about Halloween 4? Um, I, well, I just want to say that this is probably my favorite opening sequence of all the Halloween movies. They are going from the, because he, he hears that he has a niece while he's being carted off, right? From the hospital to a vehicle. When he's in the ambulance, he hears it. Yes. And I, it's. It's raining again on Halloween night and or whatever, <laughs> if this is Halloween night, but, um, it, it's such a, a fast paced intro. And then as soon as the doors open and he leaves the hospital doors, the Halloween music cues. And I think that is just fantastic. And it totally set because you don't hear the theme until they hit the hospital doors and then the rain and and it sets the whole tone for everything. Very moody. It yeah. is. And then uh, somehow he escapes. And um I don't know how far in in detail I should go, you know, through my notes, but um one of my favorite things is he escapes and he attacks a gas station and then he um and then Loomis shows up. I can't remember exactly how, but Loomis shows up and Michael is kind of hiding i don't know he after he kills the gas station attendant and stuff and and one thing that i just always wondered is if i i felt like did michael freak out when he saw loomis because he hadn't seen him for so long and and because he he has no problem killing everybody but he he and he could have easily not that he didn't necessarily try to kill loomis but he could have easily killed loomis and he and he didn't. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because for all he knew, given the events of Halloween 2 and how that film ends, he didn't know Loomis was alive. I mean, things happen at the end of that movie that that clearly have affected both of them. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we, we open with Loomis having some scars and some issues from, from his injuries. And I do like that. I like that he, he, he could have killed Loomis. I mean, honestly, he could have. And he didn't. But mm-hmm. why? Yeah. Does he want to be stopped? Does he... I, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, I mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then... Um, one goof is that I noticed it and I, and I rewinded it for Willie to see is that the car that's sitting at the gas station, um, it, it is completely stationary at the time. And I don't know if Michael, I think Michael blows up the gas station or through a series of events, the gas station, yeah. an explosion and yeah. that very stationary car flips over completely when it's caught in the fire and it does like two or three spins and then it just lands <laughs> and i'm just like how wait how the hell did that happen <laughs> and i just thought that was awesome and it was it was a good effect yeah. you know like i never noticed that before watching this film but um i don't know the i one other note is that the the homeless man from peewee's big adventure um old, or blue Okay. He is Reverend. Uh, he's the Reverend that picks uh, up oh, Loomis after yeah. the gas station, and and it was it was amazing. Since that's my favorite movie of all time, seeing seeing a cameo from a guy like him. And both <laughs> scenes involve hitchhiking. Exactly. 
Coincidence? He's a man of the road. <laughs> <laughs> Nikki loves hitchhiking movies. Yeah, I <laughs> big, do. Big fan. <laughs> our next our next review of the series will be The Hitcher. <laughs> um, uh, hey, spoiler. <laughs> spoiler alert. Um, Tim, yes. how did you feel about Halloween 4, the, the return of Michael Myers? Real quick, looking through the IMDb page for this movie, there's somebody who is credited as Man Attendant. <laughs> Interesting. I don't so know who I that just was. just wanted to let you know. <laughs> <laughs> he attends to the men. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, Tim, your thoughts. <laughs> I'm thrown by man attendant. Um, this is, remember um, AMC's, uh, was it Monster Fest is what it was called? AMC around Halloween. Yep. Used to have uh, marathons. Great and, marathons. And basically it was this every night. This and five. Four and five were played constantly. They're really cheap. And this is a perfect cable horror movie because... <laughs> You watch it for 10 minutes, go to commercial, come back, and you're interested again. But when you watch it straight through, sometimes you'll lose interest. You're like, where's the commercial? Sell me something. Um, I like, I like, it's also a perfect cable movie because it's shot like a cable movie. It's very, it is. It's very uninteresting <laughs> looking. I like parts of it. And I like most of it, actually. I think I like, I, li- I like this one. Um, Michael is kind of an ass beater in this one. I like that it introduces some. Um, Loomis is he's kind of like his Moby Dick. Michael's his Moby Dick. It's like a Van Helsing Dracula kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they introduce that concept. There's some cool stuff with the town rounding up and going after like they're Franken- like hunting down the Frankenstein monster that I kind of liked. There is a fight on a truck bed with Michael versus a couple of hillbillies. And then it's awesome. Like they're, they're just, it's like hand to hand combat with Michael on a truck bed. And then he reaches in and like rips some guy's throat out randomly. I'm like, ah, oh! <laughs> it's great. Um, nothing else really, um, does it for me. The girl, um, help me out here. Willie. Jamie Daniel Harris. Yeah. Danielle Harris. She's good in it, especially for a child mm-hmm. actor. Uh, she plays re- Jamie, the niece of, um, Laurie Strode. That's right. Yep. And she's she's very good in these. Uh, this and five. She's also in five. And she would come back later. And she's been, it's become some sort of some kind of icon with Halloween fans. And it she's all done some other horror movies. She did some of the Hatchet movies. Yep. Um, a couple other the victim Michael Beans. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. So and she's she's very good. And I think she's one of the main strengths. And I think because this one's kind of remembered fondly too by seri- fans of the series. And I think she's a main reason why. Um. Yeah, I like this one. I think it's solid. It is. I mean, you can notice the, the it's a lower budget. It's direct-to-video now. They aren't spending as much money on these movies. You can notice all that. But I think it is a return to the form for the series. And I think it does a pretty good job of reestablishing the Michael Myers character that people fondly remember at this point. Um, and it it definitely makes an attempt to get back to the tone of that first film to try and get a little less, a little less slashery and a little more creepy um, it doesn't succeed all the time. There's moments that are actually generally pretty creepy in this movie. Um, but most of the time he's just killing people with different instruments. I will say as the series goes on, he, he, he kind of expands his repertoire of weapons a little bit. Uh, he actually stabs a woman with a shotgun in this movie, stabs her with a shotgun. Um, at first I thought he was going to fire it as a kid and I was like, what is he going to shoot somebody? This is stupid. Don't do that. <laughs> he did not. Um, did not disappoint. No, he did not. I love the Loomis character in this movie. He's awesome. Anytime he's on screen, I'm totally captivated. Um, this is probably my favorite Donald Pleasant's performance in the series. Okay. And he really keeps me going throughout this movie, even through the parts that are a little bit lamer, a little bit, um, feel a little bit 
tackier and ugh. but he keeps me going because he's Donald Pleasance is awesome and he elevates everything he's in. Um, yeah, I'm a fan of this one. I I I, I remember I. I liked this one more than I remembered as a kid. And I only own two of these on VHS, the original and four. <laughs> <laughs> so this one has a little bit of a, of, a, of, a, of a place in my heart, special place. Okay. Um, let's get into... Uh, Hold on real fast, yeah, though. Go ahead. The, my big complaint about this movie is that it, it asked a lot more questions than it answered. I just There was this connection with Jamie and Michael and, and that... I just didn't understand if at the end they almost pose it as though she's going to be evil. Yes. And, and I wasn't sure if that was posed by the fact that they had some sort of connection as family members and that and it maybe it was awoken by them seeing each other or if it was the fact that they touched and and that didn't even make sense because she seemed as far as I remember, she seemed frightened of him. And then all of a sudden, while he's laying on the ground, she goes over to touch him. And I just didn't feel like that was normal behavior for a child. And did she even know that was her uncle? I don't think that she was, I I don't think she knew. I don't remember exactly. It must have been some sort of connection that she felt, but then they, they pose it as though that, you know, that did, did he pass evil to her? And, and so that's, I was, I was very confused by that. And I was, I was actually also very excited to see where that led in the next movies. So, and I don't think the filmmakers knew. <laughs> I think I think that it, it, they they did that very. They made sure they had. They were smart enough to have the hand touch towards the end, but also have that connection between the two, where they could they could really come up with any reason for Jamie becoming the killer in the next movie. And I'm not even sure that was their intention. Yeah. I don't think it was, but at least it would lead to different avenues for that character, for the series, so on and so forth. Um, I will say I love Loomis's freak out at the end when she picks up the knife and she's got the clown outfit on and stuff. He just screams no a thousand times. <laughs> no! No! And no! It goes on for like 10 minutes. It's insane. <laughs> Donald Pleasant's like, I can't believe he's still awake by the end of that scene. Um, okay, let's get into our kills and our Loomis's and our masks. Uh, Nikki. Who was your favorite Loomis in this yeah. movie? Which one was your favorite? <laughs> um, my favorite kill was um, Michael killing the truck driver so that Rachel, the, the friend of uh, of the little girl, Jamie. The stepsister. The, or the stepsister. Yeah, she had to step up and then, like, I don't know. I can't remember. Did she kick his body out of the truck so that she can drive the, uh, drive the truck? And I'm like, damn, that is really badass. And then she, like, she totally kicks ass through the rest of the movie, protecting herself and her stepsister. And I thought that was awesome. Um, not necessarily the kill itself, but just the what happened after the fact. Um, my favorite quote does not come from Loomis. I don't know. I don't remember who it came from. I think it was towards the beginning of the movie. Um, somebody said, Jesus ain't got nothing to do with this place. Oh, when they're carting uh, Michael out of the asylum. Yeah. Uh, the, atten- the, the asylum worker says, you know, Jesus ain't got nothing to do with this place. Somebody yeah. goes, oh, Jesus. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. Um, this mask I gave a two and a half. Eh. Unimpressive. Okay. All right. Uh, Tim. Yes. Let's hear him. Favorite kill is the shotgun kill because it's so he, he stabs her with a shotgun. He pins her <laughs> up there, and I really, really wanted him to fire the shotgun as mm. it was stabbed in her. I'm like, oh, like with zombies, Michael Byers would have done it. He would have screamed <laughs> while he was doing it. Um, 
favorite Loomis quote is, no, no. <laughs> the, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and what's the other thing we're doing? Oh, mask rating. This one is pretty stupid, but it gets dumber next. So we'll go two and a half. Nikki's right. All right. Uh, my favorite kill is the same as Nikki's. It's uh, the truck driver, Earl. Gets his basic like his neck and his face start to get ripped off. It's really horrific. By with bare hands, like you can see the fingers piercing, and it's really gross. It is really. Gross. I like that a lot. Um, my Loomis quote is uh, when the two bump into each other at the gas station. Nikki mentioned that earlier. Um, he says to Michael, "You waited ten years. I know this day would come. Don't go to Haddonfield. If you want another victim, take me, but leave those people in peace. In peace, please, Michael." And then Michael Myers is like, oh, I'm going to go kill him. Uh, I love that because he's trying to he's, – he's, he's, it's like one last chance for him to appeal to whatever's left and it doesn't work. Uh, the mask, I give a three. It's nothing like the original mask. If they're, tr- if they're trying to recapture that exact same look, it's, it fails miserably. But it's almost got its own creepiness in its own respect. It looks a little bit like, like – it's whiter. It's cleaner. And I, it's, it's, it's creepy in its own way. So I'll give it a three. All right, next up, we've got Halloween 5, uh, The Revenge of Michael Myers, in some cases, apparently. It's yeah, the, I, I remember it being called that. It's on, okay, it's on the poster. Yeah, that's what I always um, So, this movie starring Donald Pleasance again, and Daniel Harris as well, and Ellie Cornell. Uh, looks like it's one year later, after the events of Halloween's four, Halloween 4. Michael survives the shootings, and on October 31st, he returns with a vengeance. Spoiler alert, he got, he, they were shootings, apparently. <laughs> Lurking and stalking Jamie, Rachel, and Rachel's friends, Michael forms a plan to lure Jamie out of the children's hospital where events lead up to the confrontation at the Myers house. Halloween 5 is a dark thrill ride that will scare the heck out of you. So I don't know what happened with these, uh, with these, uh, <laughs> these synopses have gone downhill. Apparently Mustafa Akkad started writing them after yeah. that point. Um, <laughs> uh, the director is Dominique Othernan Gerard. Oh, yeah. All right. Known for uh, Halloween 5. Okay. (laughs) So, take it away. Yeah, so uh, we pick up Halloween 5 a year later, as Alex said. Um, Jamie is now in a children's hospital after stabbing her mother at the end of the last film. Michael Myers is being um, resuscitated slash cared for by an old hobo after being shot a billion times into a mine shaft, which led to a river. Um, Jamie's now mute. Uh, Loomis does not believe Michael Myers is dead, despite the fact that everybody else does, so he can keep telling people that the threat is real, even though they don't believe him, still. Um, Jamie's now a mute. She has some sort of psychic link to Michael Myers after the last film. She's having a hard time dealing with that, so when Michael kills, she feels it as well. Um, basically, he goes around and he kills a lot of people, like he does in the other films. Um, this time, there's a bit of a confrontation involving his young niece and him. Which involves actually a little emotion from Mikey Myers for once, which I found very interesting. We'll get into that a little bit. Um, we're also introduced to a very mysterious character, which we'll refer to as the Man in Black, not Tommy Lee Jones or Will Smith, but a man or in Johnny black. Cash or Johnny Cash, <laughs> but a Man in Black nonetheless. Who or the arrives. guy from Lost? Or the guy from Lost? Not him either. <laughs> this one has interesting little spurs on his boots. He kind of shows up in Haddonfield and, and starts doing things. And he just kind of wanders around until the great finale where the uh, police station where Michael Myers is being held in custody is shot up and blown up by the man in black. And that's where we end our film. Um, Nikki, Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers. How did you feel about this other direct-to-video follow-up to the Halloween series? I um, Most of my notes that I have are, are questions. 
<laughs> which is never good. Me too. But but like my first thing is uh, is why is Jamie mute? And so I I understand she went through something traumatic. She you know she stabbed her mother and all that, and she's in this you know child hospital, but. She seems like a relatively happy child because she has her, her stepsister come to visit and her friend. My question is, is why, why is she just choosing to not speak at this point? Um, it, just, it doesn't make sense to me, uh, the reason why she's mute, but whatever. My, my big gripe with the movie, having a background in sign language... <laughs> and sign language interpreting is just that I'm sorry she had a year now let's say she she's had a year to recover from all of this and and yada yada and there's no way she would have learned sign language in that period of time and that the people not even find a child's mind yada yada can be molded but <laughs> And so that maybe she could learn language, but not everybody around her would be able to to understand sign language in that in that period of time. So I'm just calling phony on that. Like, there's no way in a year that everybody in her life would just automatically be able to know sign language and understand why this happy mute, you know, tragic tragedy ridden child <laughs> is not speaking. I, it was. I don't know. It, it's more so like, is were her vocal cords? ruined in this situation i don't know it, it i don't know i don't know and then i guess i just don't understand her connection to michael uh anymore because in the last one it plays off the fact that she might be evil well she's obviously not evil in this one it's just apparent by her whole demeanor and that so she's connected to visions now but so, and I, I understand that she has this connection. She could have this connection to her uncle, but why would it make her kill the last time, but not this time? I just, I'm, I'm so confused by all of that. And then, and just the fact that she starts talking again. It, it, what happened, it, what happened to have her start talking again? I don't even remember in the movie, but it's just like, here, throw this in to the plot. Or something. I don't. I don't think that the filmmakers had a better way to express that she was. <laughs> I don't think they could think of a better way to express that she was so tra- traumatized by the. I, I don't know. Or maybe they didn't like her performance in the last film, which doesn't make sense because she was pretty good. It was. But I don't know. It's very strange. They they try very hard to to hammer home the point that these two have some sort of co- supernatural connection, and I, it doesn't really work for me. Um, anything else, Nikki, that you want to talk about? Halloween Five. I think it's crazy. There's two Michael Myers running around. I mean, it seemed like it, you know, like there, because the guy and the man in black, he, he he had a mask on at one point. I'm almost certain on that. I don't know. I'm not sure. He might have. Do you remember, Tim? Yeah, I remember. It is. It gets really at the end, doesn't it? It's it's, at some point really ambiguous and like which one is which? Yeah, and yes, I and I remember thinking like, oh, what. <laughs> Copycat killer? Who's this guy? I don't yeah, they don't do a very good job of. He just randomly shows up. You see his feet a lot. Yes. Yeah. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> There's not much to say about him. There's a commentary track with the guy that played the man in black, and I'm like, well, why? 
<laughs> He's barely in this movie, and At then he this does. Point in the movie, I was thinking about how I'd be in the movie later. <laughs> then he goes, he goes out there in the commentary track. I listened to it, by the way. So just so you know. Was it Tim? It, you're why there's that commentary <laughs> track. But was it interesting? Did it like? Did they cut it in a way where you didn't really get to see like? Was the man in black, was he given a motive that, that you find out about in the commentary that they cut out? Yeah, it was originally supposed to be explored in part six. Okay. It, it was supposed to go deeper into it because then he goes, they, well, I was supposed to come back for part six, but then they replaced me with an African-American man. And I remember going like, no, they didn't. No, they didn't. <laughs> like, has he seen part six? They didn't. What part six did he watch? Yeah. <laughs> I know there's multiple cuts of that movie, but... <laughs> They just didn't like his acting in five. They didn't. They didn't like his body movements in five. I mean, his feet didn't look good. No, <laughs> horrible feet. Um, Tim, anything you want to say about part five? Here? Not really. This is the. Uh, you, this was usually the double header on the AMC, and I would always fall asleep about fifteen to twenty minutes in, and then get woke. This is the most screaming in a Halloween movie till this point. The second half of this is mostly just yelling. Um, <laughs> The zombie films would attempt to top it, but this is more just, ah! It's like Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 is the closest thing I can compare it to in terms of There's just... a lot of screaming in that film. <laughs> also, one more thing. Watch the, uh, watch the making of documentary because the director is a French gentleman, and he approaches it as if it's an art film, and it's hysterical. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, the whole time you're like, settle down. This is Halloween 5. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh awesome. Wow. And he's like, he's like, I know we are rough on these kids, but we have to be. I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I want to watch this now. Yeah, like, because he's legitimately trying to scare um, Daniel Harris through most of the, and the other children. And like, he's like, I wanted the most natural acting I could get from these kids. Like, let them, let them live a normal life. <laughs> Director of Halloween vibe. Yeah, cut it out. <laughs> wow. Um, I don't like Halloween 5. I don't think it's very good. Um, it's maybe slightly better than I remember it being before. Um, this is one that I don't watch a lot when I go back and watch these movies. This is this is one that kind of stays off that list. Um, nothing particularly offensive. It's just very boring. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kill off the Rachel character, which is a bummer because I liked her in the last one, genuinely. I thought she was a cool, like female lead and Jamie is the female lead but the Rachel character at least is the adult in the situation and she feels more like the natural progression out of the Lori character uh they kill her off really early in this one it's a bummer they because they kind of replace her with this Tina character who's just an obnoxious chick who wants to party the whole time and then they kill her too they kill everybody important to this little girl <laughs> in this film I will say I do like the finale where she kind of tries to appeal to him as an uncle because you get this moment where he he pulls off the mask and you see a tear roll down his cheek, which I was like, that's interesting. Like, there's something going on there. I like any time that they try to tap into something more human that still exists maybe in Michael Myers. Um, I don't want it to become the the most important aspect of the character by any means. But I like that there's something underneath there that he's thinking and he's feeling <clears throat> as he's doing what he's doing. Um and then the finale happens, and it's just it's just silliness. And, and to be honest with you, they leave it wide open for this Halloween 6, which I'm sure they thought they were going to make right out of the gate, direct-to-video, and it obviously didn't happen. Um, we'll see where that goes, but it just the, the, the ending is very unsatisfying, really unsatisfying. And it's not a movie that's that great to begin with, so it doesn't help. Um, this one's definitely on the lower end of the totem pole. There's a couple worse coming up, but this one's not very good. Um, 
All right, let's get into kills, Loomises, and masks. Nikki. All right, my um, we'll start with kills. Um, there is the there's a big party sequence in the movie, and there were so many fake outs during the whole whole party sequence where you thought he was going to come out and he didn't, and then you thought he was going to, and then he didn't, and then you thought he was going to, and then he didn't. I was rooting for everybody to die, <laughs> and I was just like, that's literally what I wrote in my notes. Uh, I really wanted everybody to die, and then there was um during that whole sequence there was a sex scene and it was a i wrote down sex scene double kill sex kills folks and <laughs> michael myers will kill you if you're having sex um and i was i was very that was the proudest moment i had for him it's in a barn on some hay like purple rain <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly and every prince song ever made <laughs> um this was my raspberry least raspberry beret <laughs> Probably somewhere in pink cashmere. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> um, this was my least favorite mask out of all of them. I gave it one and a half stars. I don't remember what it looked like exactly, but it wasn't good. <laughs> um, and then my favorite quote was, um, no, of course you don't forget. How could you? You never looked into his face, did you? You never saw his eyes. You never saw that. That nothing, no expression, blank. My memory goes back 11 years to the night I offered. I'm going to show you, show you something. Look. And then he lifts up his hands. um, And it says, look at this. Look at that. I prayed that he would burn in hell. But in my heart, I knew that hell would would not have him. Very good. Uh, Tim. Yes. Let's do it. Favorite kill is um he kills someone. Oh, it's the hanging of the sheriff. He hangs him outside a window. He just throws him out and hangs him with a noose outside the window. I'm like, oh, that was kind of didn't see that one coming. Uh, <laughs> favorite Loomis quote. He he says this a lot in this movie. He goes, Jamie, please, Jamie, Jamie, please, Jamie, please, <laughs> please, Jamie. <laughs> Ma- he does. The mask is a, a zero. Uh-huh. The mask is, it's actually, I'll give it one because it's hysterical looking. It's basically, MTV used to have these kind of interstitials that were kind of like liquid televisions and and they were they were like surrealist cartoons. And that's kind of what this looks like. It's very, or if they took the original and just ran it over with a car a bunch of times <laughs> and his hair frizzed out. It's ridiculous looking. The mask, the mask is not good. Uh, it gets a two from me. Um, because at least it tried to emulate some of the older ones more so than fours. Um, it's bad though. The, <laughs> for some reason they decided to keep the neck flap out and that's what gets me is there's this weird chest piece that's white that's hanging out because it's supposed to be tucked in. It's really bad looking. Uh, it looks really tacky. Um, I want to go with the kill. I want to go with the scythe on Samantha. Mm-hmm. One of the two, uh, the two folks having some sex in the barn. Uh, she gets killed with a scythe, and I like that. It's not super gory. You just see a little blood splatter. But you don't see many killers with a scythe. It's something different. Uh, not even Jason had a scythe at any point not that I can so. remember. So, you know, I like it. Um, and for Loomis, I'm going to go with uh, with Nikki's quote, actually. I, I like that moment where he says that he, he prayed he would burn in hell, but that hell would not have him. Yeah. It maintains the mystique of Michael Myers, and I like that quite a bit. It's just a little FYI here. So the first movie, the budget was 325000 
two and three budgets not known, not documented on this Wikipedia article that I'm referring to. Four and five, the direct-to-video, are uh, about five million apiece. Let's spend on those movies. So the next one coming up, we don't have any budget on, but the rest of them we do. So, interesting. Don't know where that money went. Yeah. <laughs> to the Akkads. Fake Akkad just follow them. Pretty much. Yeah. Donald Pleasance, actually. Yeah, yeah, honestly, it probably was. Well, that about wraps it up for part one of Fight the Franchise 2 on Halloween. Uh, if you'd like to write to us about the show or the things that we talk about, feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com is where you can do that. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at MFN Podcast. We're on Facebook, Stitcher Radio, iTunes, and Vine under Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. And you can go to MidwestFilmNerds.com for all previous episodes of our show, plus full show notes, so you can skip over the parts that you don't want to hear, especially the spoilery bits. So look for part two of Fight the Franchise number two coming later this week, maybe early next week. Thanks for listening. Alex Y, go watch a movie. <laughs>